challenge for us. Many of us have heard about Jesus. We know who he is. We have been in church perhaps for, for years. Many of us maybe even have said yes to his invitation to the banquet. We even bear his name. And we call ourselves Christians. But our problem was not in the first invitation, but rather the second. The second invitation is where the rubber meets the road. The second invitation is the one where you actually show up. The first one was easy. The RSVP is easy. You check a box in a, in a respond envelope. You, you put it down a number of how many are coming. And then when it comes to the day to follow through, do we actually do it? That's the challenge for us. But Jesus has done all the prep work. A lot of us are what I call nominal Christians. A lot of people are nominal Christians. What I mean by that is they are Christians in name only. You ask a, a lot of Americans and you ask them, are, are you a Christian? And they would say, yes. And although that number is declining, they might be Christian in name only. So key point number two then is this this morning. Nominal Christians say yes to the banquet, but never show up when action is required. Nominal Christians say yes to the banquet, but never show up when action is required. Our churches are really filled with nominal Christians. They said yes to the banquet. They want to feast with God in the kingdom of God. But when the second invitation requires something more than lip service, the excuses begin to flow. Let's pick back up verse 18. Here's what it says. But they, they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. All three excuses are quoted. Every single one of them mean the exact same thing. I have something better to do. When I was in student ministry years ago, um, we, used to, we used to do these big events, and we would have sign-ups for them. And then the actual day of the event, there would always be fewer people than what signed up. And we, we started to label those who would sign up and not show as the BBD students. Those are the students that are always, I'll be there unless I get a bigger, better deal. I'll be there unless something bigger and better comes along. And, and so we, we recognized, okay, there are, there are always going to be a handful of students that are the BBDs, you know. They're always looking for the bigger, better deal. And they're going to show up at the event, the youth event, unless a bigger, better deal comes along. That's kind of the excuses here. You know, they see these, they see these excuses as something better, something, something that they would rather do. And a closer examination tells us that they never intended to attend the banquet to begin with. Now, how do I know that? Well, consider these. I bought a piece of ground, and I must go see it. I ask you to have me excused. excused. And 
it's late evening, the sun's going down soon, you bought some land but you didn't see it first, you didn't go look at the land that you bought before you bought it, and now you wait until sundown before you travel to go see it, hmm, sounds like you never intended to come to the banquet to begin with, hmm. In fact, the land is still going to be there tomorrow. You already bought it. So it'll be there tomorrow when you show up. Sounds like to me, you never intended to go to begin with. Consider verse 19. I bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. You bought five yoke of oxen and didn't test drive them first? That seems odd to me. Not only is it late in the day, you should have done that before you bought them. Verse 20, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now there are lots of jokes that you can insert right here, right? Lots of things that we can comment about. I married a wife, and therefore cannot come. But here's the deal. Uh, what does that mean? Does that mean that he just got married? That that was his wedding day? I mean, surely you knew you were getting married when the first invitation to dinner was given. I mean, why would you accept the invitation knowing full well that you had no intention of going? So this parable had a special message. He was speaking to proud Jewish people who were so sure that they were going to eat bread in the kingdom of God that they were patting themselves on the back and within a few short years, the gospel is going to be rejected by the official religious leaders. And the message would then go out to the Samaritans and then on to the Gentiles. But the parable still applies for us today. I mean, when we consider it, when we consider all of these things, when we consider um, what it means for us, in fact, I want us to consider some of, the, um, some of the excuses sometimes that we give. Uh, I want you to check out this clip from Everybody Loves Raymond. You know, I kind of understand how your father feels. Okay, good night. No, wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah. You still consider yourself Catholic? What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I'm Catholic. You can't change that. It's like being Italian. <laughs> or, or sexy. So why don't you go to Mass? I, come on, look, it's not like I never go, right? And you go all the time, and, and according to this married thing, we are one. <laughs> trying to make a big thing. I was just thinking about you and your father and, you know, why you got so angry about it. Because it's none of his business. Why don't you go to church? I don't know. I, it's, it's because of the kneeling, really. It's just, you know I have bad knees. You know, God can hear you right now. Let me finish. All right? That's not the only reason. That's it's one of them. All right, listen. When I go, when I go there, I should be thinking about God, right? 
But instead, I'm thinking about some column I'm working on. Uh, what's up with this guy's scalp? Oh, oh, that lady sneezed. I'm not shaking her hand. I'm not focused. I, I feel like I'm just going through the motions, and that's, that's not respectful, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, you shouldn't go if you're just going through the motions. What are you doing? What? I'm agreeing with you. No, you're, you're trying to make me feel guilty. No, I'm not. You're just like my mother. Why do you have to insult me? <laughs> We're talking. And besides, you're the one that had to eat a whole pint of ice cream. If you're feeling guilty, it's not because of me. Let me tell you something. I practice being a good person every day, okay? I'm a decent fellow. I, I do good things. I, I, I always leave a big tip. If a, if a squirrel runs in front of the car, do I not swerve? I, I'm considerate of people's feelings. Remember the plumber who came over with the big eye? I treated him like a completely normal person. Okay, so, so, so why do I have to go to church every Sunday to prove my goodness? I'm living it. Well, you know, since you are so good during the week, maybe on Sundays, we should have everybody come over here and sit around you. Okay, all right. Why, why do you go, Miss Holy Moly? Why do I go? Yeah. I go, you know, to thank God for you and the kids. And to pray for the strength to get through another week with you and the kids. Okay, yeah. No, but, right. no, really, you know, I, I go to get re-energized, to be part of something that's bigger than me and my little problems. You know, it reminds me that I'm not the be-all and end-all or something out there that's greater than me. Why do you have to have an answer for everything? <laughs> and, and you know what else? I like the feeling of community the tradition, and I think that's what's bugging your father. You know, he wanted to pass his faith on to you. It's probably the only valuable thing that he thinks he can give you, and you've rejected it. Okay, I need more ice cream. <laughs> you know, a lot of people would have made fun of that plumber, okay? Big Muppet Eye guy. <laughs> Who are you in the parable? Right? Who are we? Who are we in the parable? Are, are we the one making excuses, knowing full well that we never intended to? Excuses not to come to the banquet, or excuses as to why we previously said yes, but now we're unwilling to obey? Or are you the one sitting at the table wondering how you got there? That was me, at least for a while. And then I realized, hey, there's other people that are serving and need help because there's so many empty seats. And while we might identify with many of those roles, while we might think of ourselves or others as those that make excuses, let's look closely at the one that Jesus intended for, for us, the one that would really best describe who we are. We pick up at verse 21, so that that servant came and reported these things to his master, and the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city 
and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Guys, that's us. <laughs> that's us. We don't like that description, do we? We're the poor, we're the maimed, we're the lame, we are the blind. That's us. That's who we are. Most of us in this room, I would, I would venture to guess, are probably Gentiles. We probably did not come from Jewish descent. We were not part of that party. We weren't even invited to that initial party where all the Jewish religious leaders were gathered around. Who would we be then? We're not even the ones that, that gave excuses. We're the ones that were out in the world that were poor, maimed, lame, and blind. We, didn't even, we weren't walking with the Lord. We didn't even see spiritual matters. It wasn't until somebody came to us and invited us not to church, but invited us into a relationship with Jesus. That's the difference. This is not about inviting people to church. This is not about inviting people to an event. This is not about inviting people to some uh, occurrence. This is inviting people to a relationship. And he says, you know what? Go invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Now, if you were poor, maimed, lame, and blind, and you're being invited, where do you think you're going to go? Yeah, you're going to go. You're not going to make excuses. You're going to go check it out. Why? Because you're not really looking for the bigger, better deal. This is the bigger, better deal. This is the biggest deal that's ever come along uh, in your life. But then the servant says this, Master, it is done as you commanded, and there's still room. He says, Master, we did exactly as you said. There's still more room at the table. There's still more room for more people to have a relationship with you, Lord. He says, then go out into the highways and hedges. Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Now, I get it. We can apply that to the church. We can certainly make application, and we can say it applies to the church that we should go out and compel people to come in. But what was Jesus really saying? Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to go out there and compel people to have a relationship with Christ. And then he, look at this, verse 24. For I say to you, that none of those men, now who are those men? The ones making excuses. The ones making the excuses. None of those who are making excuses who were invited shall taste my supper. 